so we're going to talk more. I just labeled this Welcome Holy Spirit number six because I wanted to go, keep going on that track John was going on. Um, tonight, I don't know if it'll be as much of a teaching as an encouragement. So my goal tonight, you know, John's been talking about the Holy Spirit, the operations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And like I said, I do want to continue that a little longer. And my main goal tonight is to help us feel more encouraged and equipped. Sorry, Kay. To, um, I got it. She's about to come get me. To, to move in those gifts. Um, I can give you some practical ways that it works for me and, um, and things like that. And we're going to do a little um, practice at the end. Just want to warn you, don't panic. It's going to be great. Um, I just practiced and got it wrong, so really, we'll be great after this, right? Um, so help us to feel more encouraged and equipped in the gifts. Um, and since these are gifts from the Holy Spirit and power moving through us as he wills, John's talked all about that, it is important that we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I'll give you guys an opportunity at some point. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we can talk through that briefly. Um, so I think you guys are good. I'm trying to like, I didn't realize I was doing this, but I was recapping all of John's stuff, but we'll just skip through that. While I was getting ready for tonight, I did ask, I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say about you tonight? Because this feels weird to talk about him like he's not here and he is here. And he, here's what he told me. He said, I am not a force or a system, you know, like a, a to-do list, a step of things we do to get a re result. He says, I'm a person. I want to encounter the people you encounter every day. Don't put me in a box, but get to know me. We are a good team, okay? You and the Holy Spirit are a good team. And, and the feeling I got in that was he loves working the way he can through you. You're unique. You're not, you're not gonna see the world. You have a different perspective. He's gonna see how he can use you and how he, the people he can impact through you is different than anyone else in this room. So don't put them in a box. We're a good team. You were designed to flow uniquely with me. I should just stick to the notes. Are you ready to partner with me to change the world? So that's your opening tonight. The Holy Spirit is ready to partner with you, to flow uniquely and powerfully through each one of us. My experience, um, and I just want to start with the baptism of the Holy Spirit because... Um, because this is my experience, and it might help somebody. When I was 16, we were living in Kentucky with my dad, me and my two sisters, and my dad started going to this little, like it probably was like this, right? It was, they were renting out, I don't know, were they renting a church? I don't know anything about them. My dad started going to this small, spirit-filled church. We'd only been kind of to Baptist churches, one really other denominational church for a while, because we probably got offended. But anyway, so that was kind of my, you know, Baptist was my, growing up, and then dad started going to this, this church when I was about 16, and I would go with him sometimes, we would go with him sometimes, um, but I remember being at a midweek service, I was by myself, which looking back, at that, that was interesting, like oh, I went to a church service alone, like this, I went to this setting alone at 16, and they had worship, it was a little bigger, but the pastor, we were in worship, and you know how John gets up and kind of ministers and says, I feel like God's doing something at this point. I think it was one of those points. Again, I had no context, no, 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 um, no context for any of this. And so he said, you know, the Holy Spirit is here, and he, he's, he wants to pour out more to you. And the way he explained it was there was a big bubble 
of water hanging over us. And he said, it's there. It's there for you. All you have to do is reach up and kind of pierce that bubble and let, let the Holy Spirit saturate you. And that's how he explained it. I'm, I, I have a feeling at this stage of my life that there was more to it than that. I heard bubble, Holy Spirit, more. Got it. I accepted. I received that. Um, and I did. I asked for more that night. I received it. And I had, again, I had no concept. And again, maybe he taught on this that night. I don't know. I had no concept for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. Not Baptist, right? That was not in our, in our circle, okay? So beyond the bubble, I didn't, that's what I got. Um, <laughs> sorry. But after that night, the Bible became more alive to me. It, I was more hungry for the word. I began to worship in my room. You know, I had it in my own room. Um, and I, there, like, I don't know if this would have been 96, 97. So wasn't a lot of worship music going around then or none that I knew of. Um, I had, I don't know if you guys will know this. Do you guys know who Toni Braxton is or was? She still is, but she was, yeah, see, I got some nods. She had some love songs, kind of like pop R&B. I don't know, how would you explain her? Like pop R&B kind of-ish, some love songs. Clean, normal, just love songs. And I would be worshiping to these love songs, you know, obviously putting the affection on God. So just looking back, I'm like, what an interesting, I was more hungry for the word. I began to have a deeper relationship with God. He began speaking things to me. Now, ever since I was a little girl, God had spoken to me. It'd be through the word. I felt his presence really tangibly at one point when I was asking him a question. So I had this context, but this was just a new level. And uh, I remember, I don't know why this sticks out to me because I don't remember what he said. I just remember him speaking something so clearly to me in the lunch line at school. And I was, you know, I didn't have any friends around me. I didn't really have friends. We moved a lot. So I didn't, and, and me, I'm awkward. So uh, I didn't have a lot of friends. And I just remember standing like, like, these big football player types. I just remember him telling me something. I don't know if it was about them or I don't even remember. And I was like, huh, I wonder why I would know that. I mean, I knew it was God, but, you know, it was just different. I was thinking, this is new. But it was also new, it was also familiar and not totally new because I had a relationship with God. So just like, again, it was just this next level. Um, But again, the new things were the word was so much more alive. And I'd always, ever since I was little, I still have my, my Bible from when I was a kid. And Jordan has it now. And it's got the really creepy old religious pictures where people look scary in it. You probably could find one of those around. But, but I just knew things sometimes. I just knew things. Like I'd had this drop into my heart. And, and again, the worship was new. Okay, so then a couple years later, I, we, we had a few moves in there and we ended up Back in Colorado, I came to Western for college in 98, and it wasn't until then I started attending, you know, I started attending RMCM, and I started hearing good teaching about the Holy Spirit, like you, we've all been getting for the past few weeks. So I heard the teaching about the Holy Spirit, his gifts, that an evidence of that was speaking in tongues. I had no idea. So I began to desire that. I'm like, I, if that's a thing, I want it. And it took a while. It took a while to get past, you know, I'm not Jamie, that's like, my sister, Jamie, sorry, you guys, a lot of you know her. She's so different than me. She's like, okay, great. You say that? I've got it. Great. We're good. We're done. I'm like, you said that. Great. I want it. <laughs> you know, it was really, i like, how do I make this work? 
how do I do this? So I had to work through that, you know, getting past my head and my brain. And it did take a while, but I eventually received, or I felt like God said today, you accessed my prayer language, okay? I eventually received that, I accessed it. But I'll say this, I have no doubt I was baptized in the Holy Spirit on that night. I asked for more, didn't even know what I was asking for, which God's so fun like that. It's like, you want more? I got you, baby girl. But I was about, you know, I didn't know more. I didn't know there was more to it. I didn't understand it. But I know I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 16. So an encouragement to you, if you've asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you don't feel like there's evidence, and the big evidence for us is the, you know, your prayer language, your ability to pray in tongues and that it's, I don't know, I, I tell my girls it's a secret language. It's like God gives you the secret language so that you guys can talk and the enemy doesn't know what's going on. And I know there's more to it than that, but at seven years old, that's, we're going with secret language. But um, so anyway, believe you've received that gift, then, then yeah, eagerly desire that. Spend time in God's presence. And I don't know if you guys talked to you a lot of this last week. I haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast, but you know, have you ever been really excited or really scared and you just, ugh, something comes out of you? Ugh. No, nobody's ever been excited. The football team has never almost lost the game and you've heard this roar coming out of your gut. That's the best way I know how to explain what it feels like when you're praying in the spirit. It's this, I gotta let something out and then we gotta bypass the rain. I actually heard an interesting fact. You guys should Google this. Check, uh, fact check me here. Uh, Sean Boltz teaches about, he likes the brain-mind worship connection a lot, so he'll teach about that sometimes. He said they've done research they, where they analyze brain activity while Christians are doing different things. When Christians worship, it releases the same hormones as somebody in an intimate relationship, having a conversation. So scientists freak out going, oh my gosh, these people think they're in a real, they're having, they're in a real relationship. And we're going, oh, we are. When you, I don't know if I should say this, it sounds really bad, but it's not. When, you, when a person is speaking in tongues, there is no brain activity, which, I mean, could be taken really badly, but it's not because we know from the Bible that I pray with my spirit and my mind gets kicked out of the picture. We're, we're doing this thing, God and I are having this conversation, and I'm not even going to get my flesh, my mind, my own thoughts involved. And um, so anyway, a little little bit of history and background there. I do want to encourage us. Um, you need the Holy Spirit. Wow, it's already seven. How long do we go? Nine? No, I'm just kidding. I do want to practice at the end. I do want to gather up and, and work on some of this. Walking in step, yielding to the Holy Spirit is not optional for you. It's not. You know, the, the, the idea I got today was, you know, we... It's not some theological buffet where we get to pick and choose what we like. This is biblical Christian living, where we yield and walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus walked this earth in the power of the Holy Spirit to demonstrate what was possible for us. And when I got that, um, it was really powerful. Let me say this first, though. We need to be careful, and this probably should go somewhere else, but we need to be careful we don't take one way the Holy Spirit has moved through us in the past or through us and allow it to become a pattern or routine. Patterns are fine. Routines are fine. Order is great. 
But what we can often do is turn it into a system where we go, okay, I pray my prayer language for one minute and then I lay my hands on them for two minutes and then they're healed. You know what I mean? Like we've got to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. We don't get ahead of him. We don't get behind him. We don't get out of step. We just listen to what he, what he wants to say and, um, and be aware of what he actually wants to do. So Jesus ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is important. Um, and it was a game changer for me when I realized you know, Jesus came to this earth to set us free from sin and death, to restore our relationship with God, and give us power to go do, to go finish the work he started. But it wasn't just the work he started. It was the work we were originally commissioned to do in the garden. Go rule and subdue the earth. So he just reinstated that power in us. But he walked on this earth as a man in the power of the Holy Spirit to show us what that looked like, what was possible. And I used to think like, well, yeah, sure, Jesus can raise somebody from the dead or heal people, and then maybe the special Christians can do that. No, this is normal Christianity. I wrote down, uh, even Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit to do all that he did on earth. He was God who came as a man and lived within the confines of humanity as it was meant to be. Okay, He lived as man was meant to be. Redeemed, restored, sinless, and Holy Spirit filled. He was our example for all life, power, and ministry for all humanity. Okay, he didn't come back to do our job for us. He didn't come back to just make everything right. Even he did. He restored this. This is huge. And then he says, now you go. Now you go. So that's important, and I don't think we can do that without the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want verses on that, I've got them. I can give them to you, but we're going to, um, I'm going to jump ahead. Well, I don't know if I can jump ahead. It's not in me to skip. So let's go really fast. Luke 3, if you want to turn there really quick, I'm going to start in verse 21. And we're just going to lay a little foundation for what I just said and then move forward. Luke 3, 21. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized and he was As he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit, in bodily form, descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved Son, and you bring me great joy. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. That was, sorry, I jumped ahead. That was Luke 4, verse 1. So we've got Holy Spirit, bodily form, descended on Jesus like a dove. Luke 4, 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. Okay, then Luke four thirteen, um, we before that we see Jesus comes full of the Holy Spirit, goes into the desert to be tempted. Then verse um, fourteen, Luke four fourteen is where I am. If you're not keeping track, sorry. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. So this is where his ministry really starts. He is baptized. The Holy Spirit comes upon him. The baptism, so water baptism, Holy Spirit baptism. And then now we see him ministering and teaching. 
Okay, verse 17, the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. So it was interesting to me when I put these verses together. You know, he comes out of the wilderness. He's full of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why was the spirit of the Lord upon Jesus? It was to bring good news, which is the gospel, the truth, the message that we can be restored to God, to proclaim that captives will be released, the blind will see, oppressed, oppressed will be set free, and bring God's favor. Your kingdom come, your will be done, right? And that's what Jesus did. That was his ministry. He was teaching, he was delivering, he was healing. He was bringing people to the kingdom, okay? So the Holy Spirit enables us to live life as God intends. Our original mandate, again, to rule, to subdue, and bring life to this earth. That commission did not change. Um, so that was the warm-up. <laughs> and we're running out of time. How are you guys doing? Good. So what, what really strikes me as I've learned about, so John's, John broke apart all of the different gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to just lump them all back together tonight and call it prophecy or words of wisdom or words of knowledge. I'm going to use those really interchangeably tonight to say Holy Spirit moving through you, in and through you. And the thing that I've learned, I used to be really kind of afraid of, especially the prophetic and prophets. Um, I don't say quotes that because there aren't prophets. I just say, I think what I saw might not have been real prophecy. Let me say it that way. But I used to be really afraid of the man of God who would prophesy because I thought their job was to call me out publicly, read all my mail, and tell everybody what I'd done wrong. That's what I thought prophecy was. That's what I thought you know, so I, I, it wasn't a good picture. And I don't know where that came from. Um, you know, there's a little bit more correction and calling out in the Old Testament. So maybe that's what I connected the idea of prophecy to. Because I didn't, in the Baptist church, really see a lot of people being prophesied to. So again, I don't know where that, that came from. But even as a spirit-filled believer, you know, in my early 20s, going to a conference where there was a, somebody prophesying or having words of wisdom and knowledge, I was terrified. I'm like, not me, not me, not me, not me. They're going to they're gonna see and tell everybody how awful I am. Well, what I've learned is we know that God is love. And if you read, if you read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, 13, sandwiched in the middle of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and more of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, specifically speaking in tongues and how that you know, practically works in the church and whatnot, Sandwiched in between is love. It's love. And so when love is the starting point, you know, well, let me say this. Jesus was able to call people snakes and whitewashed tombs because he loved them enough to die for them. So he could say things like that, corrective, calling out, whatever. I'm not sure I love people that much. So um, especially the snakes and whitewashed tombs. But love is the starting point for hearing from not from hearing from God, but from hearing from God for others. I believe that love is the starting point. Um, 1 Corinthians 14.1 starts with this verse, let love be your highest goal. 
And we'll get to the second half in a minute. Let love be your highest goal. Bill Johnson said, I think, he said, you will not have authority where you don't love. When you love well and you love the people around you, you have authority to speak into their life. And God will show you things about them because he knows you love them. So that can be corrective, it can't, but it'll but it also be encouraging, equipping, strengthening. When you love people, like, you know, I'm a mama, so <laughs> I've heard, you know, I've heard somebody say, you know, mamas are great. Your kid could be a drug addict and, and your mom would be like, he's training to be a pharmacist. You know, moms always see the good in everything. So I think we need to get a little bit of that mama heart and say, I'm going to, I'm going to love the people around me, love the people at work, love the people uh, at the grocery store, love the people at school pickup, whatever, wherever your life is. I'm going to love them well because I want to be able to bring the kingdom into their heart. And if you think about it, these gifts are God expressing his love to the lost, expressing his, you know, and we, we can prophesy to one another. We can have words for one another. That's great. It's, again, it's just connecting our hearts to God's love. And we want to reach out into our community and express his love to the lost. And, and it's this. It says, it's God saying, I see you, I know you, and I love you through these expressions and manifestations of the Holy Spirit as we walk in them. I've heard stories where um, somebody gets healed and in other, you know, uh, different faiths going on here. And he literally looked at this girl and said, why would your God heal me? That's love working. When, when, when you can go up to somebody and go, wow, he could shoot me, but I'm going to go say, you know, God gave me a word for him that he needs healing, and then God heals him. That is a, that's connecting heaven to earth. Or, or things like, you know, nobody else knew that. How, how did you know that about me? How did you know that desire? Or how did you know that hurt or that thing I lost that was so devastating? No one else knows that. How did you know that? And you can say, God loves you and he sees you. That's how I knew. You know, and I used to, like I said, I used to be afraid of it. Now I desire it because I understand it comes from a place of love. And its, it's purpose is to equip and strengthen and encourage. Okay, and again, that doesn't mean it can't bring correction, um, but, but our main objective is, to tell, is not, well, let me see. If your main objective is to just tell people what's wrong with them, you might want to revisit your, your reason for wanting to prophesy or bring people words of knowledge, and you might want to get back into the presence of God and ask him to show you how much you love him again, or how much he loves you again. He probably doesn't need you to tell him how much you love him, even though you can. You know, part of moving in these gifts is to walk in such a way that you don't violate the heart and purposes of God. So we need to be a people that obey Jesus, the word of God, let him have the last word in our lives, value the presence of God and intimacy with the Holy Spirit. I heard a, a great teaching on walking with the Holy Spirit, and he, he, it was, um, I believe it was Matt Joya from Messenger International, but I can't remember now if it was him or another guy. They used to be in the, in the army, and he was talking about boot camp where they just drill you, drill you, drill you until you all walk and step. And he said, you know, as a believer, it was such a picture to him of learning to walk and step with the Holy Spirit. You don't get out ahead. You don't get behind. You stay and step with the Spirit. And to do that, we need to know God's heart and his ways and his character so that we're not getting out ahead of him and we're not 
saying weird things to people or acting weird around them. And, you know, I have grown so much in this. If only you knew how to, (laughs) as awkward and weird as I am now, if only you knew how far I have come. So we don't have to be weird. We don't have to be angry. Don't be motivated by trying to look important or spiritual. It's going to repulse people, not draw them in. And here's, I wrote this down. When ministering, when I, when I come here tonight, when it's remedy, when it's I'm at the grocery store trying to be brave and just talk to somebody, my goals are come with love for people. God, fill my heart with love for people. And on a good day, when I'm thinking about it, it's God, show me, show me your heart for these people in the store today as I walk in to buy groceries. And the other thing I do is I always ask, I say, God, I want to I want to do what you're doing, and I want to say what you're saying. So help me to see and hear what you're up to in this place. Okay, love, and then desire just to bring God into that situation. So 1 Corinthians 14, 1, that second part. So the first part, let love be your highest goal. Just love well. If you just love well, I think the world is going to be like, I think people will take note. I don't think that's pretty common. I think the world is selfish and broken. And if we just learn to love well and not be afraid, it's one thing about love, right? Perfect love casts out fear. If we are to walk in love, we know God's love for us. We we can be fearless and we can love fearlessly. You know, I don't have to be afraid of somebody's sin getting on me or whatever, I can, you know, if God's calling, uh, here's a story. Let me just tell a story that I've heard. Sean Bolts, I've learned a lot about all of this from him, uh, which while I'm thinking of it because I didn't write it down, I learned so much by hearing from people that are really good at this. That's Sean Bolts, that's Chris Valatin, the top two I, off the top of my head. Um, they both have podcasts, they both write books. So if you want to be encouraged, if you want to be equipped, if you want to learn more about this, I would, I would find their resources. Um, so Sean Bolt tells a story about being at a conference, and it was late at night, and he was hungry. Uh, the, the conference didn't feed him or whatever. They didn't provide, you know, take him to dinner after or whatever. Dropped him off his hotel, so he was hungry, so he Googles the next nearest, you know, subway or whatever, and uh, is walking through the worst part of town, the red light district, to get to his subway, and comes across a trans prostitute or something similar. And so he's just, so ends up talking to the guy. God, you know, highlights him, this guy to this person. God just highlights this person to Sean. And Sean begins ministering to him. And then, you know, holding him. And he's weeping. And a school of students from the church drive by. And they see this minister hugging a trans prostitute in the red light district. He goes, you know, love is fearless. You've, you've got to love people more than your reputation, more than what people are going to think about you. And, and you know, they had, they, they talked about it later, the church and he, and I was like, well, yeah, I was going to dinner. You didn't feed me, and I, God told me to talk to this guy. So, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Again, I'm lumping everything back together. This, this definition for prophecy is the Greek word prophetio. Anybody speak Greek? Prophetio. 
That was a little too French, maybe. To prophesy, to be a prophet, speak forth divine inter- inspirations to predict. Okay, so there is uh, the idea, excuse me, of foretelling future events. Okay, so obviously that foretelling future events is part of prophecy, especially pertaining to the kingdom of God, it says. To utter forth, declare a thing which can only be known by divine revelation. Okay, so I think we would put that in words of knowledge category where I shouldn't know this, and I do. To break forth under sudden impulse in lofty discourse or praise of the divine counsel. Uh, the example is like prompting to teach, refute, reprove, admonish, or comfort others. Or to act as a prophet, discharge the prophetic office. Okay, so prophecy, prophecy words of wisdom, words of knowledge, all these things. Just a couple bullet points. It's not suspicion or manipulation. You know, there's no, you know, there's a gift of discernment, not a gift of suspicion. So guard your heart against that. It can be corrective. It's always encouraging, uplifting, and equipping. It can be predictive or future, future telling. We already said, we've said a lot of this, but here's your bullet points. It's calling out the gold in others. And I kind of like that phrase and that idea, you know, again, like, like a mama bear, like, I know there's this big mess on the outside, but I see the gold in you. I see what God has deposited in you. The gifts, the calling, the anointing, the power that he's, that, that, you know, if we connect you to heaven, I see you as God intended you. Revealing things not previously known or known to you, okay? So it might just be something you don't know. It might be something uh, just not known, a solution, an answer to something, um, bringing answers and solutions to a situation, can bring healing. Um, my desire, my desire is to see the church operating these gifts more and more, so that our entire community is impacted. You know, these gifts weren't meant to be just in this room in a church building. Uh, one of the guys at Bethel, I think it's Bill Johnson, tells a story um, that people would come to their conferences or come to visit their church, and they'd say. We want to be a part of the mall ministry. Where's the mall ministry? How, where do they meet? What do they do? And he was so confused. And finally he was like, tell me what you mean, because it kept happening. Tell me what you mean by mall ministry. Like, well, you know, the people that go to the mall and then pray for people. And he goes, that's not a ministry. Those are just our people shopping. Those are just church people going shopping. So, you know, that is normal Christianity. That is, we don't have to organize it. We don't have to call it the mall ministry or the city market ministry. Just be where you're at with the Holy Spirit. You guys are a great team. Ask him to show you who he wants to talk to, who he wants to be introduced to, and let him work through you. We have within us the Holy Spirit who loves this community and wants to be let loose. My heart, what what really drives me is I, I love seeing, I love the stories of businesses and business owners being impacted where those guys are out there. Entrepreneurship, entrepreneurialship is hard. It's lonely. It's, you know, you have employees often under you that you're thinking about, and this is hard. They need, they, if you could bring a word of encouragement, there's often like solutions and divine wisdom that you could bring. Um, if you're not, you know, so businesses and business owners can be impacted. Uh, co- your coworkers bringing everyday answers to our community, um, you know, from, from stay-at-home moms all the way to the mayor, whoever's making the important decisions in our community. 
So I love that idea. I want to, you guys okay? I just want to go, I have a, a bullet point here of just how I get words, how I hear from God. I hope it encourages you. And then I do want to hear from you guys too. And then if we have time, no, seriously, do, is this, this is supposed to be over at 7.30, yeah? Yeah. Okay, everybody's nodding. So then we won't get to practice this week, but I do have homework for you. Homework, homework. How I get words. Um, sometimes I'll just hear a specific scripture. Um, it'll just come up in me Sunday morning. I got a specific scripture for remedy. Hadn't been thinking about it, hadn't read it that day, and I just, I have to go look that up, and, and God was speaking something from that. Um, sometimes I have dreams, and then I'll see the uh, dreams about a person in a situation. They don't make any sense to me, but then I'll see that person the next day, and um, it's happened once, actually, and I didn't have the courage to go up to him and and be like, I have this dream about you, and is this happening, and is that, but I've had dreams. I've, I have failed a lot more than I've succeeded at this, just so you know. Um, sometimes seeing a picture or a scene kind of play out. Hearing words, Sunday night at Remedy, I heard the words. I heard the word crystal, and I was like, does this mean anything to anybody? And, and it did. And a couple other things along that line just kind of got a word, words, and an idea. Um, a feeling in my body. So tonight, that's why I said, you know, my arm hurt when we started worship, and that wasn't normal. That's not hasn't been hurting all day. Um, is that normal? Or, you know, my ankle hurts and it hadn't been. And um, so sometimes I'll feel something physically in my body for a little bit that then I'll ask somebody, you know, hey, does this, are you having trouble in this area of your body? Um, I think, too, one of the things I wrote down, and I hope this makes sense, is just getting to know God's presence kind of his mood or what he's desiring in that situation. And that happens a lot in, in this, this particular example happens a lot in worship uh, settings for me where um, he's just bringing something into the situation. And um, the, the specific ones I've gotten were, were love, healing, and protection. And I have very specific things I kind of see or sense. It's kind of like a cloud and there's a color associated with it. And I don't see it physically. It's just something... I'm like, oh, the purple cloud is here, you know? <laughs> so, um, you doing okay, Gary? Is this, yeah, woo, I know, it's weird. It's weird, but here it is. So um, that has happened before where then I was like, oh, I, I sense this and God wants to do something. And so then we will pray for, over that, that specific thing. Some people see open visions. Jamie talks all about, has talked about that before. Um, you know, Sean Bolts, typically when he gets a name, he'll be like, yeah, I heard this name. Does that make sense? And oh, okay, because I thought of it because my friend's name is Sandy. Um, so he'll get like a picture of a, somebody else with a similar name. Um, some people, Chris Valentin has talked about seeing a sign or a picture or an image over a person. So like shame written across their chest or depression or, you know, or hanging over their head, a, wor a word. They actually see something hanging over them. Have you seen that? You're, you're nodding. Sort of. Or you, th you sense it. You discern it more. Uh, one thing, um, one weird one Chris Valton had was he was at this big, this meeting with political leaders and this woman had, he said she had a sword in her stomach. You know, he saw a sword in her stomach and 
pulled it out, and she was healed of whatever was going on. So weird things like that. Sean Bolts. This is weird. This is crazy, right? This is, it's real, though. It's real, and it, um, yeah. Sean Bolts is pretty incredible. He, he'll get bank account numbers where people, like, have to stop him. Like, that's my secret bank account number. You please don't give that out anymore. Um, he'll get phone numbers and addresses and things like that. So pretty incredible, you know. And again, it's just God saying, I see people, I see what's going on in their lives, and I just want, you know, I just want them. He'll uh, sometimes, like the word I got, Crystal, it was a nickname. It was somebody's nickname, their daughter's nickname. And I was like, how cool God knew and wants her to know, and he knows her nickname. And then here's this word, here's this thing, you know, or this secret desire. Sometimes, this happened recently, sometimes I'm worried that what I'm feeling um, might not be me. Some, you know, it's hard to separate our feelings from what's going on in the atmosphere around us, but um, some of the ones I've gotten are depression, fear, hopelessness, where there's just something happening in the atmosphere, and I just, it, it, I'm learning, but sometimes I just succumb to it. I'm like, oh, yeah, life's really hard. But but when I'm aware and I get in God's presence, I go, wait a minute, this isn't me. First of all, I'm not suicidal. I'm not depressed. So then I can stand and pray against whatever's going on in the atmosphere of the community. So sometimes that's how uh, that works for me. How can you hear God and learn his voice better? Um, journaling has helped me in the past. I wish I did it more. Um, it helps me separate, you know, I can kind of journal my prayer and then I'll get this sense that God is speaking something, and I can write that down. And it helps me, A, stay engaged longer, because I don't think, oh, that's just me being nice to me. I'm not that nice to me. God is really good to me. I've had to learn to be good to me, okay? Um, and it helps me stay focused on the conversation and really get stirred up and, and see what's going on. And in the Word, this is another one for me, um, you know, take your time as you read it. Let Him reveal His heart and nature in there. Um, and this will help you as you're out and about and, and feeling like you're hearing the Holy Spirit, you know, what is God's character and nature? What have I heard, learned from the Word? What has He revealed to me? Because um, what He does through you will always line up with His Word and His character. Okay, here's your homework, and I'll let you guys go. Gosh, I really wanted to practice, but that's okay. You guys are all relieved. We'll do it in a couple weeks. <laughs> Your homework, um, I want you to practice hearing from God. And here's what I do when I'm trying to get a word for somebody or I'm trying to hear God's heart for somebody is I imagine that I am in the throne room, whatever that looks like for you, but, but God is there on his throne. And I go into that, scene with this person. So, okay, so I'm there, and I bring Barb in. I start asking God. I'm like, God, and I don't know why that visual works for me. You guys do what you need to do. Just sharing that in case it helps you. And I'll say, God, what do you, tell me something about Barb. What do you think about her? And it's always love. It's always good. And then, and then he, he can start dropping things in. So what I want you, your homework is to pray for a friend or family member this week. I want you to spend some time thinking about them, praying about them, bringing them to God in whatever way you, you do. And listen for spe um, specific information or a theme. 
Okay, so let's say I was praying for Duncan and my husband, and it came up, you know, like, oh, gosh, he's such a good provider, God. Thank you. He is so such a hard work. And, like, all these things started coming up. So then what, what I would do, what I'm asking you to do, is, is get those things and then just send him a quick encouraging text message. Like, hey, I was just praying for you, and I just wanted to let you know, gosh, you, you're amazing. You are such a good provider. Or, wow, you're, you know, you're doing great as a parent, you know. And what you'll get, this is, this is practice because what will happen is then you can come back. They'll come back and go, cool, thanks. Thanks for thinking of me, you know. And you'll go, okay, maybe I didn't get a really specific word from them. You don't have to be like, I'm praying from God, and thus saith the, saith the Lord. Don't, don't do that. Just send them a quick encouragement, and then they might come back and say, wow, I really needed to hear that. Thank you so much for encouraging me in that area. Then you'll know, okay, that was really God praying those things out through me and speaking those things out. Does that make sense? Okay. And the other thing um, is fall in love. Okay, pray privately for your workplace, your friends, your neighbors, community. Pick, pick, pick a target. Pick a target and start asking God to show you his love for them. And start to fall in love with, with those people. Um, yes, start with the upstairs neighbors. Bless that party, Jesus. And, and then take your time when you're around those people to notice them, to pause. Again, when I'm on, when I'm doing good and I'm not like, I'll just get through the grocery shopping. You know, pause in the parking lot. Jesus, show me your heart for somebody in here. Show me who, who I can encourage. Um, take time to notice them, to pause and listen for the Holy Spirit to speak to you in public. And, you know, in order to do this, we're going to have to invite the Holy Spirit to interrupt our lives. Okay, it's not probably going to not be convenient for us to stop what we're doing and minister to somebody. It's probably going to be uncomfortable and awkward. You can do it feeling fear. That's okay. It's going to be uncomfortable. And then obey. Do what he's doing and say what he's doing. Wait, do what he's doing and say what he's saying. You can say what he's doing too. I feel like God is doing this in your life. But um, so that's your homework. Um, does that make sense? And you guys are... Who's going to do their homework? Good, good answer. Good answer. I'll do it too. Um, awesome. Well, I will let you guys go. Would you have any questions? We can do a little discussion first. Let me pray, and then we, so we can end the podcast so I don't have to edit out the discussion, and then we'll, we, you guys, you can ask questions or comment or whatever. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the Holy Spirit. What an incredible gift to us and God we just want to we just want an upgrade we just want more we want to hear your voice we want to have your heart for the world around us we want to walk more in in signs and wonders that will draw people to you we want to introduce you to the people in our world so that they can know you too God and so that you you can show how good you are to them and how much you love them. So God, I just pray that you help us in this area, that you um, untangle things in us that we might that might need to be untangled in our thinking, uh, in fear of, of, of what you'll ask us to do, God. Just help us to, to walk through that and to trust you and, and know that you're good in it all. So thank you, Jesus. Amen.